Father, God, we just thank you for your presence here. Your presence is here with us today, and we are so grateful. And Father, right now, each one of us, we just open our hearts to you. We ask you to speak to us today, God. Help us to hear what you're saying to us personally. Give us open hearts to receive it and to apply your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. All right, well, I want to start by asking, what is a legacy? Everybody wants to leave a legacy, right? But what is a legacy? When you think about a legacy, what do you think about? What is a legacy? You know, I think very often we think of a legacy as what we are known for, right? But by definition, a legacy is something we leave for others. A gift left to someone in their will. When it's talking about a tangible legacy, it's actually like a gift that's left for someone in their will. It's what's inherited from another. It's anything that's handed down from the past. We will all leave a legacy of our life, an intangible legacy of our life with those around us. But the question is, what is our legacy? What kind of legacy will we leave? What kind of legacy are we leaving right now? Because the legacy of our life is not something that at the end of our life, oh, and surprise, here you go, here's the legacy of my life. No, the legacy of our life is what we're depositing into people's lives that we encounter today. Everyone that we come across in our home, when we're out and about in our workplace, we are depositing something into their lives. And all of those things that we deposit to others around us are what create the legacy that we leave. So we need to recognize what is it that we are depositing into others' lives today because we are leaving our legacy today. But I want to ask you to just stop and think with me for a moment. What is the greatest gift that you've ever received? What is the greatest gift you've ever received that has impacted your life the most? That has changed you from the inside out? that has given you purpose and life here on this earth and for eternity. It's the gift of love, isn't it? It is the gift of the love of God. And that greatest gift that any of us could ever receive, it's already been handed down to us. It's already been passed to us. And now we are asked to leave that legacy of love for others. You know, in John chapter 17, we see one of Jesus' prayers. And as he's praying, he prays for all believers. And he says, I'm not just praying for those who have already believed, but for those who will ever come to believe through them. Who's them? Us who already believe. He's praying for, the, praying for those who will come to believe through us. He is expecting us to leave a legacy of love that will draw others to him. And our legacy, the legacy 
of our lives is directly tied to who we are, not what we do, not what we have, not that picture that we like to paint of who we are, that we want people to think that's who we are. You know, we can be really good at trying to put on a facade and a persona of this is who I am, when sometimes it's a little bit different, right? You know, social media really lends towards that. We can post all kinds of pictures to make our life look one way, when in reality, it looks another way. There could be a very complacent, whiny, couch potato of a woman, none of us in here, who all day long posts motivational quotes from Pinterest <laughs> and makes herself out to look like the motivational queen. But at three o'clock in the afternoon, she's still sitting in her PJs on the couch eating bonbons, can't get motivated to get herself up to do anything. Just saying. We can paint a picture of our lives to be anything we want. We can try to make people believe that we are whatever we want them to think we are. But that doesn't determine who we really are. What we have, what we do, that doesn't determine who we are. So what is it? that dictates, that defines who we are. It's our lifestyle. It's our continuous day in, day out, day after day, way in which we live our life. You know what? Jesus gave us a really amazing invitation to a lifestyle that would produce a legacy of love. And I want us to look at that invitation this morning. And that invitation is in John chapter 15. I want to read these verses from the Amplify Bible this morning. They'll be on the screens. But in verse 9, Jesus says, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love. Continue in his love with me. Now, hold that thought for just a second and think with me about what it says in John 17. In John 17, 23, it says that the Father loves us just the same as he loves Jesus. Wow, what a thought that is. The Father loves us, loves me, loves you, and you, and you, and you, every one of us, the same way he loves Jesus. That's pretty incredible. The Father loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. So now here in verse 9, Jesus is saying, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Jesus loves us with that same love. And then he says, abide in my love. Continue in his love with me. He's saying, come on, sweethearts, come. Let's do this together. Come, abide with me in his love. He loves us the same. Let's live together in his love love. He wants us to abide there, to continue there. He's saying, make this your way of life. Let this be who you really are. 
What an invitation. What an invitation we've been given. And then he continues on in verse 10 and tells us how to do that. In verse 10, it says, If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be of full measure and complete and overflowing. To abide in him, he's saying, keep my commandments and then love will overflow and you'll love others with his love. Just as Jesus loves us with his love, He's saying, come, abide with me, and then you'll love others with his love as well. And then, in verse 12, he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love, no one has shown stronger affection than to lay down to give up his own life for his friends. He's saying, this is my command. Leave a legacy of love with those you encounter every day, just as Jesus has left with us in giving his life for us. You know, our legacy of love will also be evidenced by giving ourselves, by dying to ourself, to our flesh. So he starts out this little section of scripture saying, come, come, abide in his love with me. And then he concludes this little passage that we read by saying, leave a legacy. This is my command. Leave a legacy of love. But what's in between the two? What does he say in the verses in between? He says, Follow my commands. So how do we obey his commands, his instructions? Is it by trying to fulfill a bunch of do's and don'ts? No, actually it's not. It's simply by loving. You know, in the Old Testament, we're given the law, rules and regulations. But in the New Testament, there's the law of love. And look what Jesus says about that in Matthew 5. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 and verse 17, he says, Do not think that I have come to do away with or undo the law or the prophets. See, a lot of people think, okay, now we're under the law of love. That old law has passed away. We have nothing to do with that. But he's saying, wait a minute, don't think that I've come to do away with or undo the law or the prophets. I have come not to do away with or undo, but to complete and fulfill them. The law of love fulfills the law. And then he continues on and he gives us several examples. He says, you've heard it said, thou shalt not kill. But he says, I say, don't even be angry or insult another. He's saying, see, if you walk in love, 
It fulfills the law, because if you walk in love, you're not going to go out and kill somebody. But love takes it even further. It says if you walk in love, you're not going to be angry with someone. You're not going to hold on to that anger. You're not going to hold on to that offense. You're not going to insult another, put another down, run and gossip to another. He says, see, love takes it a step further. But our flesh wants to get angry. Our flesh wants to insult another. Does your flesh ever want to insult another on occasion? Okay. (laughs) He's saying, honey, die to self and leave a legacy of love. Then he goes on. He gives us another example from the law. He said, you've heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I say, don't even have lust in your heart. See, love fulfills the law and takes it a step further. He's saying, love and value yourself enough. Love and value your spouse enough to not even entertain the idea. Die to self and leave a legacy of love. And then he goes on and he says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Wow. Does your flesh want to love your enemies? Not always. You're sitting in church acting like perfect little ladies. (laughs) But I know you don't always want to love your enemies. You don't always want to pray for those who persecute you. But he's saying, die to those feelings of your flesh, die to self, choose to love, leave a legacy of love. A lifestyle of genuine love fulfills every command. But you know what? True love, genuine, God kind of love costs. True love cost the Father and cost Jesus immensely cost the Father his own son on that cross, cost Jesus his own life. Allowing his love to flood through us will cost. It was worth the cost for him. He said he did it for the joy that was set before him. What was the joy set before him? You and I. Us. He did it for us. He was willing to pay that price for us. Allowing his love to flood through us, it'll cost. We need to be able to die to ourself. You know, the Apostle Paul said, I die to myself daily. Are we willing to die to our flesh daily? You know, last fall when I was in India, I was talking with a woman there, and she had been to the States And so we were talking, and I just asked her about um, differences that she saw in people here and and people where she was from in India and cultural differences. And she mentioned several things that really stood out to her. But one of the things that really stood out to her, she said, in America, she said, you don't value the commitment of love in marriage. You give up too easily. 
You're not willing to die to self and put in the work that brings about a deeper, genuine love, God kind of love. Wow, what an observation. You know that God kind of love? It's not always easy, is it? No, thank you for that. <laughs> it's not easy for us in our humanity. It doesn't come naturally to us because we live in these human, fleshly bodies. These, we have this sinful, fleshly nature. So, how do we get to the point of dying to our flesh and seeing the supernatural love of God pour through our lives? By abiding. By abiding in His love. We keep his commandments as we love, as we let that love come through us. But it's not always easy to do. So that means we've also got to continually immerse ourselves in his word, in his commands, in his instructions, his word. You know, the word keeps us on track with his instruction, with his nature. It teaches us how to love. It reminds us of God's love for us. It fills us with his love. You know, the Bible says God is love. It says that Jesus and the word are one. So when we soak ourselves in the word, we're abiding in him. We're learning how to love more. We're learning how to let his love flood through us. You know, yesterday, Yesterday morning, I was just feeling really weary. Anybody ever feel really weary? A little wrung out? I was just kind of feeling that way yesterday morning, and then on top of that, I was just a little overwhelmed by all of the things on my plate that I needed to accomplish yesterday. It's not really a good combination. And so um, I just took time in the morning to get into God's Word. and. I read a few verses that just so spoke to my heart and just brought such peace to me, like a supernatural peace that just stayed with me throughout the day. And even though the things on my list hadn't changed, I still had just as many things I needed to take care of. I never got stressed out about it, which I normally would. And uh, <laughs> I just had this incredible peace. And the word brought that to me. But you know what else happened in the midst of that? I was able to hear the God whispers throughout the day. The little nudges of people in situations to pick up the phone, to call, to check on. The one that's going through the, a really tragic situation right now. And you know what? If I was stressed out and, and frantic, I probably wouldn't have heard that. And if I was stressed out and frantic and trying to get everything done, I probably wouldn't have stopped and picked up the phone. But because I'd gotten into God's word, his word brought that peace which compelled me and enabled me, equipped me to extend his love. We've got to stay in his word if we're going to let his love flood through us. You know, some of you, I don't know, some of you might be familiar with Marilyn Hickey. 
she was just an amazing woman of faith who preached crusades all over the world as well as the fact that she and her husband pastored a church. And a number of years ago, I had a few opportunities on different occasions to spend some time one-on-one -on -one with her. And she is amazing at memorizing scripture. And she, during each of our times together, she would say, I'm just going to take a few moments and go through my memory verses. First time I heard her do that, I was like, oh, okay, memory verses, great. <laughs> and then she would begin at the beginning of a book of the Bible and just keep going chapter after chapter. It's like, wow. And then she would tell me how she would do it, that each day she would memorize a new verse and she'd go over and over that verse and get it into her until she felt like she had it down. And then she would start at the beginning of that chapter or the beginning of that book. And she would go through the whole thing and add that new verse for the day. And she had literally memorized number of books of the Bible. Wow, did that ever inspire me. I know a few weeks ago when Maureen shared, she talked about memorizing scripture. You know, at that time, Marilyn Hickey was in her 70s. If she can do it, we can do it. If Maureen's grandson at three years of age can do it, we can do it. We need to get his word hidden in our hearts where we live saturated in his word. When we really abide in his love, that's when we become saturated, when we abide in his him in his word. Let's say, for example, that the water in this vase here is the love of God. If we want to have that love at work in us, working through us, then we need to be as this sponge that is just totally immersed in his love. You know why? So that when the pressures of life come, and when we get squeezed, that it's the love of God that'll come out of us. Because if we're not immersed and we get squeezed, there's none of the love of God in us to come out of us. So what comes out of us? Flesh, our humanity, whatever we feel like saying at the moment, however we feel like reacting at the moment. And you know, in this season of Chick Connection, we've really focused on the love of God. And we started out talking about God's love toward us. And then we moved into talking about our love toward him, loving him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We love him because he first loved us. And then we moved on to talking about loving others as ourself. So we really focused on talking about loving ourselves, getting good at that so we can really love others. And then we've been talking about loving others. There's been this progression 
But we've got to realize it's not like we get to the end of this progression. Okay, we've got it now. We, we've already talked about God's love toward us. We don't need to think about that anymore. No, it all works together. We've got to stay saturated in his love so that we continually love ourselves and love others. We can't separate those things completely. It all works together. And so I want to ask you this morning, are you soaking in God's love? Are you saturated in God's love? What are the things that squeeze you? Because that's how you'll know. What are the things that squeeze you in life? Is it maybe your husband? And I don't mean that little affectionate squeeze. <laughs> Maybe it's when your husband, you fill in the blank. <laughs> Whatever it is that he does that irritates and annoys you. <laughs> or maybe I should say, when your husband doesn't and you fill in the blank, <laughs> what do you do? Do you react just out of your flesh, yelling at him? having a choice name for him, reacting, flying off the handle. All of a sudden, that memory that you say has the hardest time remembering scriptures kicks in, and suddenly you remember all these things that he always does or never does, and you begin to recite them. It's funny how we have selective memories, isn't it? When you get squeezed, does the love of God come out? It will if you've been saturated, soaking in his love, spending time with him in his word. And then, when you get squeezed, his love will come out. And you'll be able to stop and catch yourself and say, I'm not perfect either. God, you have grace for me, and I am so thankful, and I'm going to extend that grace right now. I know that I love him, that he is a gift from you, and I'm going to bite my tongue and choose to love right now. What else squeezes you? How about when those kids don't do what you ask them to do, and you're like on the 10th time of asking them? Or maybe when they act like, they can't hear you, or they can't see you, you're invisible, or they act like you're stupid. <laughs> None of your kids would ever act like that, I'm sure. When you get squeezed by them, what comes out? Is the love of God in there, or is it just flesh that comes out? Do you react? Do you yell at them? Do you scream at them? Or does the love of God out of you onto them. Now I know you're sitting there thinking, well, a couple weeks ago we talked about boundaries, and uh, how do I navigate boundaries and dying to flesh? You know what? We can die to our flesh and love, even with boundaries in place, because boundaries are there to help us be the woman that God wants us to be. And boundaries are never enforced through fleshly reactions. Boundaries are lovingly 
and forest with the love of God pouring out of us. And there might be some discipline that needs to happen with that child, but we need to stay saturated so that it's done in love and the love of God pours out of us when we're squeezed, right? Right. <laughs> what else squeezes you? Do any of you ever feel squeezed like when you're behind a really slow, oblivious person in the grocery store? Or is it just me? Sometimes I get really frustrated because I'm always in a hurry. <laughs> and maybe somebody's just not paying attention at all and blocking the aisles and I can't get around them, and then of course I get in the slowest line imaginable, and I'm in a hurry because, of course, I'm running late. And what do we do? Do we react out of our flesh, and when we get squeezed, all that comes out of us is some fleshly huffing and puffing and stomping and whatever else? <laughs> or when we get squeezed, have we been immersed? Have we been soaking in God's word so that his love pours out and we have patience? We're kind. We extend God's love and grace to others. What else squeezes you? <laughs> yourself. You get mad at yourself. <laughs> we do get ourselves into some messes at times. But we have to extend that same grace to ourselves. You know what? Sometimes we want to just react out of the flesh to ourselves and start believing the enemy's lies and putting ourselves down and thinking that we're not valuable. No, if we're immersed in the word and we blow it, we'll extend that love to ourselves because we're immersed in his love. And we'll recognize, God, you love me and I can run to you because you love me unconditionally. You see, there's all kinds of things in life that squeeze us, but what's coming out of you? Because what comes out of you when you're squeezed is what's leaving your legacy. We're leaving our legacy today. So we've got to recognize what is it that we're depositing into the lives of others. You see, it's not about leaving a legacy of a facade of love. Jesus is not asking us to leave a legacy of a facade. He's not asking us to leave a legacy of just simply good works. He's not asking us to leave a legacy of just simply being friendly. He's not asking us to leave a legacy of a phony smile while we bite our tongue and think ugly thoughts in our head. He's not asking us to leave a legacy of phony compliments or empty promises. He is asking us to leave a legacy of genuine God love, his love, flooding through us, which enables us to die to self, to prefer others, to reveal his love to others. And if we abide, if we continue in his love, then, that's what happens. Then, it's that genuine God love that kicks in when we're squeezed, when it's not easy to love, when we don't feel like loving, when it requires something beyond our human love. 
And you know, this is the kind of love that it talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. And throughout this season, this year, we've referred to these verses in 1 Corinthians several times as we talk about love. It's the love chapter. But today, as we bring this series to a close, I want us to look at these verses one last time. Listen to these verses in the Amplified Bible. Starting in verse 1, it says, If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for and in us, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. It's talking about God's love. It's not friendliness. It's not good works. It's not a facade. It's genuine God love. And without his love working in us, we're nothing but a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Wow. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understanding all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, God's love in me, I'm nothing, a useless nobody. Wow. Verse 3. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned in order that I may glorify, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. And then in verse 4, it starts out talking about and showing us what God's love looks like. And as we read through these next four verses... I want you to think about these verses in terms of dying to ourselves. Verse 4, it says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. Wow. All of those things mentioned there are things of our flesh, that our flesh wants to do. And it says love is not that way. So that means God's love is totally dying to flesh. Verse 5, it says, It is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. The ways of our flesh, right? It is not rude, unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. Our flesh loves to act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Wow, our flesh loves to insist on its own way. For it is not self-seeking, it is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it, pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Whew, our flesh really loves to pay attention to a suffered wrong. God's love is dying to our flesh. Verse 6, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything. This God kind of love, it bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. 
Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. When God's love is at work in us, it will be evidenced by a life that's willing to die, to self, to flesh. And every time we do, we pour out his love, depositing his love into the lives of everyone we touch, leaving a legacy of his love. You know, just following 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 Corinthians 14, the first verse, it starts out and it says, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. Wow. Ladies, that is my prayer. You know, we've talked about God's love all throughout this season. But it's not like, okay, this season's done, now we'll talk about something else and think about something else. No. We've spent time focusing on God's love so that it'll be something that is stirred up in our hearts, that we will have a greater revelation, a greater understanding, a greater hunger to immerse ourselves in God's love continually so that his love continually pours out of us. We need to make his love our great aim and quest in life. Now I know that no one ever gets excited about hearing a message on dying to self. And nobody will jump up and down and say, Woohoo, this is awesome. I love dying to myself. <laughs> of course not. Because we live in these fleshly bodies and we're talking about putting our flesh to death. <laughs> our flesh doesn't like it. But I know that the Spirit of God on the inside of us craves that and desires nothing more than for us to be women who will choose that life and for us to recognize the legacy we leave it's taking shape today it was taking shape yesterday it'll take shape tomorrow and the next day and the next day so we've got to start recognizing it Recognizing what we're depositing and leaving and passing on into others' lives. And start being women who will rise up and allow ourselves to be immersed in God's love so that his love will pour through us and it'll be evidenced by a life that dies to flesh. I want to pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, God, I'm so thankful for your word. I'm so thankful, God, for your love. God, that we have the privilege of being your daughters, being carriers of your love. God, I pray that none of us would ever take that lightly. God, I pray that we would just rise up with a, a new awareness, a new revelation of our role to leave a legacy of love, of your love that draws others to you. And Father, I pray 
that we would choose to live a life that's immersed in you, immersed in your word. And God, that when we get squeezed, that it be your love that floods out of us. Father, help us to be women that will choose that life daily. And as the Apostle Paul, that will be willing to die to self daily so that you can be seen, that you can be known, that you can be revealed to others. In Jesus' name. In Je